Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the CamCast. It's Cam here. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, another movie. We're going to do another movie review here. Uh, I just want to thank everybody that listened to the last podcast, which was yesterday. And I'm going to give more news on the giveaway that was yesterday, the promotion that I got going on for the new stickers that were designed for the podcast going on right now. Um, I'll either put that at the end of this podcast or I'll share it on my social media. Again, the social media is cam.cast on just my Instagram. I don't do Twitter. I don't know. One of those old heads that doesn't want to quite give into the whole Twitter thing yet. I'm just not quite into Twitter. Never really have been into Twitter. I think Twitter kind of skipped my whole generation. Nobody I am direct friends with, well, for the most part, like my direct you know friend group I grew up with, uh, have Twitter, so I never had that. But it's all Instagram. Uh, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and of course on my Anchor, my home base. So today we're going to be talking about the movie that I have probably seen more than most movies ever, and that's the romantic comedy from 2005 starring Will Smith, Hitch. And Hitch is a, a movie where a lot of my my friends and I, we, we, we've seen it so many times, not even really that much together, but we've seen it a ton just in general, and we quote it all the time. It's one of those movies where we just make a, you know, make a reference to it and we just start laughing or we start quoting the whole movie. We've basically, I, there's a, when I, when I see this movie, I can basically quote the entire thing as I'm watching it. It's kind of insufferable, but I enjoy it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just, I absolutely love this movie. I wanted to, I wanted to talk about it the other, the other day, but this Fernando Tatis Jr. thing from the other day kind of went and took precedent over that. So, you know, we talked about that. But um, yeah, uh, go ahead and keep listening on. We're going to talk about Hitchkaiser. Right, let's get into it. All right, guys, thanks again for joining in. This is going to be episode 11. I think this is number four for the movie talk so far. No, actually, it might be number five. What do we got? Remember the Titans, we have the Karate Kid, we have Warrior, we have Iron Man. It's number five, Hitch. So this is a good number five, you know. I was uh, actually just on the phone with my, my friend group right now. I was telling them I was about to do the Hitch podcast, and uh, my buddy AJ said, yeah, this might be my three, you know, one of my top three movie of all time. And I can't even disagree with him. You know, this might be one of the most rewatchable movies that I've ever seen. Granted, there's not a lot super exciting about it it's not like a great movie there's not like a lot groundbreaking that's going on with it but the thing that i can explain to it you know to most of you guys the the best is that it's kind of like the bro bible i don't know what it is about this movie that like people my age they they gravitate to this story and to will smith's uh, alex hitchens character so it's kind of for me it's really interesting because Every time I watch it, it's like I find something new or I'm watching it for the very first time. Even though I know all the lines, I know what the movie, you know, what the movie does, what the movie, how the movie goes, how it meanders through. But every time I watch it, it's interesting. You know, it's like every single thing that happens and it happens for a reason. It's kind of fun to watch different things you haven't seen before. Um, like I said, it's just one of those really, really rewatchable movies where it's just enjoyable every single time you watch it. You know, it's from the set pieces. You know, it's set in New York City. You get to see Ellis Island. You're in downtown New York City. You're in a, you had a Knicks game. Uh, you're watching all kinds of different things. Within you know, I, I think they go to like the Met at some point. But it's it's really interesting how they have all these different set pieces. And you have Will Smith, who's 
one of the most char- charismatic actors that you know we've ever had. He's not necessarily a great actor, but there's something about that guy on screen that just makes me want to you know watch it. He's he's just great. You know, it's even I think it goes back to his Fresh Prince of Bel Air days where you're just you, you just really enjoy this guy. You like everything I see. He's able to kind of Will Smith his roles. If you know what I mean, where he kind of plays like a different version of Will Smith and everything he's done. But in this particular movie, it really works. Because you, you want the the main character, Alex Hitchens, to be kind of cocky. To be kind of full of himself. And that's how Will Smith plays it a lot of the times. And it works really effectively in this movie. So, some of the background for this movie. This movie came out in 2005. Uh, actually, February 11th, or 2005. So, that's my brother's birthday. My brother turned 8 that day. But this movie came out when I was in 6th grade. So, I didn't really watch it. I remember this came out when I was playing travel ball. And I think it was during a couple of games where my mom and my stepdad went and they went to go watch this movie when I was waiting with my teammates. And uh, they remember, I remember them saying that they had a really good time watching it or whatever. I don't know why I remember that so vividly, but I remember that. I think they saw it in like Orange County or something like that. But, uh, but yeah, it's, I wound up watching this movie a lot, probably in junior high. Uh, so my dad... Uh, we used to take us to a lot of different places when we were growing up. Like we went to San Diego quite a bit and in his car, he had a DVD player and he had a couple screens in the back. So we had three different movies that we would watch over and over and over again. We would watch, and this is, these, these are pretty accurate. We would watch Looney Tunes back in action. We watched the cat in the hat, the really horrible Mike Myers cat in the hat, live action cat in the hat, which would like looking back, it's like complete shit. It's just not a good movie. Right. And then the third movie that we watched all the time was Hitch. And it's kind of weird because, you know, I was maybe 13, 14. My brother and sister were probably 8 and 9. But there was something about Hitch that even, like, kids were able to really enjoy. It, it was because of the fun dancing that uh, Kevin James's character, Albert Brenneman, does in the film. And, like, the way that Will Smith kind of is really goofy throughout it. And he has that scene where... He's all drugged up on Benadryl, and to kids, it's even it's funny. You know, there's some slapstick humor going on there. So that movie played over and over and over again to the point where that script just was completely ingrained in my brain. And you know, I was 100% okay with that. But what I'm saying that this movie runs deep with me. I mean, it runs deep. This might be the first PG-13 movie I remember watching and remember loving. Um, I can't really think of another one like that. My parents weren't always really strict with. You know, ratings on movies and TVs and, uh, and, uh, and and movies and TV shows and stuff like that. I just kind of knew growing up what I was and wasn't allowed to watch. Like, my parents never had to worry about me watching something I wasn't supposed to watch. I used to be a really good kid. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I've always kind of, I guess, gone against the rules. But for whatever reason, when it came to viewing things, I always made sure that I was, like, you know, obeying um, the things that my mom and dad wanted me to do. So, yeah. So, this movie, it, 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 it runs really deep. But, uh... All that to say, even when I started watching this movie and I was 13 to 14 years old, I'm 27 now, and it's still one of the most enjoyable movies that I've ever watched. In terms of rom-com, it's number one. Uh, closely behind it would be Crazy Stupid Love, the Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone movie, and then after that, 500 Days of Summer, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe Deschanel movie. Both those movies are great, but Hitch is just on another level. I don't know what... I, I think I touched on it a little bit earlier, but I think it's just because it really gave an outline for how you're supposed to date and me not really knowing a lot on dating when I was growing up or really knowing how to even go about any of that this kind of became like how I do it 
and I'm not even gonna lie for everybody out there. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not ashamed to admit it. You know, this is, and I'm. I'm. I won't call out some of the people that I know that also follow these rules, but Hitch kind of set the tone for people my age to kind of, or not people my age, maybe people in general on what you can do if you're kind of nervous on how to, how to date and how to go about that process. Because Alex Hitchens really, he gives you basically a step by step process. And in all honesty, it, it, it's pretty effective if you follow his regimen and you follow what he's teaching you. So for a rom-com, Hitch had a budget of $55 million, which is actually pretty substantial, especially in 2005. And I think a lot of that budget went to the set pieces because, like I said, they did film a lot in New York City. So I think that. But then this movie made $371 million in the box office. It was really commercially successful which for a rom-com that's i mean 370 million dollars in 2005 is huge you know that's that's a big chunk of change uh this movie like i said earlier starts stars uh, will smith as alex hitchens it stars eva mendez sarah milas kevin james as albert brenneman then it has a cast of characters that aren't really too well known uh it does have a cameo from michael rapaport and a cameo from paula Patton. uh but other than that it's most of the characters aren't that well known but it really resides on the shoulders of will smith this is will smith's movie we i mean the movie's called hitch and the guy's you know the guy's name is hitch so obviously will smith is the main character here but there are so many great scenes and and feelings within this movie like there's there's nothing but positivity that goes on in this movie you know it's basically in the beginning of the movie you're you you get a montage of of hitch giving all these three guys different advice on how to win these girls and it's it's played over with like a voice uh voice montage or it's a voiceover with a montage of him showing these guys what to do, and it shows these guys doing those things that he's telling them on these dates. And basically, they're you know they're wooing these women, and it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see that from the start. You know, you're learning that Alex Hitchens is really really good at his job, and everything that he's doing is completely effective. So you're you're already 100% on board with this guy. And then it shows you him doing it firsthand when he's at a bar when he hits on Paul Patton's very tiny role. It was actually her first role ever in in a in a movie. And he hits on her, and he gets her like that, you know, just real quick. And it's like, man, this guy's this guy's smooth, you know. This guy knows what he's doing. You're just, and as a guy, as a teenage guy, you're just like, man, I want to be like this guy. Which everyone at that time wanted to be like Will Smith, anyways. But when you know he puts out this movie, you're just like, damn, you know, he's he's just doing his thing. And then it shows how he wasn't always this way in this movie. It shows him in college, kind of being a, kind of being a. Uh, uh, I guess like a leech, not quite a leech, but he's he's very, what's the word? Uh, he's he's not he's very suffocating to the girl that he was dating in college, and he basically says, you know, I I I I use this to teach my fellow man to to be able to you know have tools to get the girl that you want to get, and it's kind of you know it it lets you know that this guy was he's he's gone through a little bit to be able to get where he's at now, so you're you're just on board with him. Then the movie paints you in a different direction, and it shows you Kevin James's character of Albert Brenneman, and how he just like he seems like a lost cause. You know, the first time you see him, he's spilling soda, he's getting mustard all over his shirt. You know, he's just a mess, and he winds up having a thing for a woman who his company works for, and she the, the movie portrays her as a celebrity, but she's also I I guess she's an heiress, so he's after this millionaire heiress who. This movie is supposed to be, you know, really famous, really beautiful, and it seems like a a complete lost cause. And basically, Alex Hitchens says, "You ever heard of the, you know, Michelangelo, Sistine Chapel?" And then Albert Brenneman's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Michelangelo." He points to himself, and then he points to Albert Brenneman, 
and he says Sistine Chapel. And then Albert Brennerman says, you mean we could do this thing? He's like, my name is Alex Hitchens. Let's go paint that ceiling. And it's just like lines like that in this movie that are always like, man, this is kind of fun. And then right after that, it plays into their first in- his first encounter with uh, with Allegra Cole, which is the woman's name. And it's it plays out really well. He does exactly what Al- Alex Hitchens tells him to do. And he winds up impressing the girl. And, you know, the whole dating thing starts. And while this is going on, Will Smith's character uh, meets... Eva Mendes' character, Sarah Milas, who winds up being a gossip columnist at this uh, this magazine in New York City called The Standard. So it kind of the movie kind of plays through their relationship and how Hitch's job is really secret because he doesn't want people to know that he's influencing relationships like that. I think he even says when you uh, instigate, motivate, and even mess with fate, you want that to be kind of hidden that so that way people don't look at you the wrong way or I guess so that way you're able to still do your job to provide for people that are trying that might be you know not as smooth or not be able to get girls even though they might be a really good guy I think that's kind of the message that I really like about this movie is Hitch's motives aren't bad they're really not negative and he actually says this within the movie he says I I what does he say he says I tried he says I trick women of getting out of their own way so that way, good guys like Albert Brenneman stand a fighting chance. And maybe he doesn't use trick, but that's it's really, I, I really like that line. That's a really good line because it's, it is exactly what he's trying to do. He's trying to show like, hey, there's a lot of good people out there, but just, you know, maybe they're not the smoothest or they're not the best looking, but they offer so much more than just those superficial things. And Alex Hitchens' job is to sh- be able to show these guys how to use everything that they have or the good parts that they have to be able to get the woman of their dreams. I think it's really interesting how he does it, and that's kind of why, to me, Alex Hitchens is probably the most suave character to ever be put on the movie screen. I mean, he really is. Uh, Well, maybe not in his own dating, because in his own dating with Sarah Milas, he has a lot of issues. Uh, Like, everything he's trying is failing. You know, they go... He takes Sarah Milas their first day to... To Ellis Island to show her the signature of her, you know, great great grandfather, and she winds up freaking out because apparently he was a serial killer called the Butcher of Cadiz, and she freaks out, and it winds up being like a horrible first date. But she's kind of into it because he tried hard, but he failed. So it's like she's into him, but not really for what he did. It's for what he failed to do. So it's kind of funny in that regard. So he's attracting her by being something that he does. He's not trying to be. Which is basically against all the teachings that he teaches all of his, uh, you know, his his clients. So that and that part's kind of interesting. But basically, what happens on in the movie is, and you know, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people have seen this, but I I just want to get some of the main points across before I get into the categories. Uh, Hitch he gets tied up with uh, a, a client that he doesn't want to work with because the guy is basically saying that all he wants to do is have sex with this one girl. And he's not about having a hit it and quit it thing. He's really, you know, trying to get people to form some type of real relationship. So when the guy says he wants to hit it and quit it with somebody, Alex Hitchens literally tells him that if he touches him again, he will literally break his shit off. And then he says, okay, pumpkin, which is another great line. Uh, but that guy gives his card to Sarah Milos's character, who, or not Sarah Milos' character, Ava Mendes' character, which is Sarah Milos. And they set Hitch up so they they can find out who this date doctor is. And after that, Sarah Milos knows that Hitch is a date doctor and she feels betrayed. 
and they said they and then they have another date where it's really awkward and then uh albert brenneman gets in you know in trouble because allegra cole who's supposed to be a celebrity in this movie finds out that he got all of his information from alex hitchens and it becomes this whole thing which wraps up pretty quick i mean you kind of know it's going to wrap up and everything's going to work out because this is a rom-com uh i guess it's kind of the downside of the movie i think the best part of this movie for me is the build-up and because i there's something about movies where people are bettering themselves and they're improving that i really enjoy that's why i like crazy stupid love so much when ryan gosling takes steve carell under his wing and fixes him up you know regain helps him regain his manhood that's why i like watching the social network all the time because it's jesse eisenberg's character being mark zuckerberg literally creating something and just doing something amazing that's why i love warrior which i talked about previously because two guys that are literally at the you know their peak abilities doing the best they possibly can so that's i think why i like hitch so much it's because you literally see albert brenneman's character become this this loser you know uh, unassuming guy become very confident in his own skin and you know get the woman of his dream so it's kind of interesting that way uh and then of course the ending is alex hitchens he gets the girl that he wants and then albert brenneman gets married and all that good stuff but i think the message in the movie is what's really important is you can you can be with whoever you want to be with for the right reasons. You're not trying to trick anybody. You're just trying to show people your best self at all times. And that's what a lot of people have difficulty in. But that's what Alex Hitchens is able to show his clients. So I think that's that's the main takeaway from this movie. Uh, but right now we're going to get into the categories, guys. So let's do it. Alright guys, you know what time it is. It's category time. If you're new to the channel, the way we do things on our movie talk reviews is after I give you a little bit about what the movie means to me, give you a little bit of backstory on the movie, we break right into the categories. Currently, I have six, uh, seven categories, and I break it down for you here. If you like the categories, uh, if you you know if you have maybe an idea for a different category you want me to talk about ever, or if you ever want me to go more in depth in a category, explain a category a little bit more, I'll be able to do that for you guys anytime. You know, I'm always up for you know new suggestions, different ideas. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into it. So first category, best scene. Uh, Hitch, the whole movie to me is the best scene. It really is. That's why it's so rewatchable to me. But for the sake of the pod, I'm going to go ahead and break down some of my favorite scenes. Uh, best scenes for me, the first scene where you get that voiceover and you get that montage, of the three different guys that Hitch is coaching up on how to, you know, treat their dates, how to get their date originally, you know, what date they're supposed to kiss their date on. I think it's played really, really well, and it's played to a good song. So it's kind of, for me, that's a really iconic moment. Uh, the next best scene is the whole Ellis Island scene, where it's the first date for Sarah Milas and Alex Hitchens. And they you know drive Sea-Doo's listening to John Legend's Don't You Worry About a Thing, which is actually funny because when I went to the river this June, I was driving a Sea-Doo, and I was literally singing audibly out loud, very loudly, don't you worry about a thing. And I told my buddies that and I just thought it was funny. But to me, that's a good scene. Leading up to when they go on to Ellis Island and he shows her the signature of her great-grandpa. And she literally freaks out in some really weird acting. But I just thought it was pretty funny. And like the reaction and everything was really good. Uh, the next best scene is when Albert is taking lessons from Hitch before his first date with Allegra Cole. And they get to the point where Alex is like, well, if there's music there, you're going to have to dance. And then Albert's like, well dancing i'm not really worried about and then alex is like well what do you mean so albert starts breaking it down it's some of the most cheesy dance moves you've ever seen in your entire life but man there's something really endearing and funny about it so uh it's it he goes through like he makes the pizza 
and he does the whole, you know, you can't stop it. You cannot stop it. And then Alex Hitchens, he goes like, you don't need no pizza. Right? You don't you don't need no pizza. They got food there. You know, he does the whole thing. And then, like, he he slaps him in the face and tells him to get out. So it's a funny scene. To me, it's the funniest scene in the movie. Uh, the next best scene is the Vance Munson lunch. Where Hitch is called upon by Vance Munson, who's kind of this random character within the movie. He gets this card that has Alex Hitchens' number on it. He must have got it from somebody else. That's when he tells him about, you know, his need to date this one girl, but not particularly date her. I guess just have sex with her and, you know, hit it and quit it type of thing. And that's where you really learn about Alex Hitchens' character and what he does and that he really loves what he does and setting people up for the right reasons and not the wrong reasons. And it kind of ends with Alex basically saying, if you, I will literally break your shit off if you touch me again. Which, I mean, we say all the, I, my friends and I said that quite a bit. I still say it all the time. And he ends it with an okay pumpkin. I, I don't know. There's something, there's, there's something really, you kind of need that scene. No, you don't kind of need it. You need that scene because it sets the tone for what happens later on in the movie when Hitch is, when everything's hitting the fan and Hitch is having to deal with a lot of the, the past people that he's helped and stuff like that. Next best scene is when Albert and Hitch are interacting and they're walking down the street and basically Hitch tells him like, hey, are you ready for your first kiss? And Albert's kind of freaking out and that's when Hitch is like, hey, well, you go, you know, it's 90-10. You go 90% of the way and then she'll come the rest of the 10. So basically in this scenario, Hitch is playing Allegra Cole and he's he's making Albert go 90% of the way to him who's playing Allegra Cole and he's saying that he's not feeling it. And then he breaks down. He's like, I am Allegra Cole. I am the woman of your dreams. Show me the magic, Albert. Show me the magic. And then Albert Brennan kisses him. And he's like, what the hell was that? And he's like, I'm showing you the magic. He's like, I, you go 90, I go 10. You don't go the whole 100. My mouth was open, Albert. You over-eager son of a... And then Albert goes, other than that, how was it? That That's a funny scene, too. It's, it's also really quotable. Obviously, I just fucking quoted the whole thing. Without even looking at a script, so bravo to me. You know, it's cheers to me. But uh, <laughs> uh, the next one, in terms of best scenes, is when they, when Alex and Sarah Milos, they go to that pop-up dinner where they cook their own food, and it's with Sarah Milos' boss and his wife, and they're shellfish, and Alex Hitchens gets allergic to the shellfish, and he's all like puffed up, and he's he's completely allergic, like his ears all swelled up or swollen. His eyes are basically shut, and they go into the pharmacy. He gets Benadryl, and he starts. He goes, "Oh, oh!" He starts drinking the Benadryl like it's you know, it's like it's water. And then he's all high, or not high, but he's drunk on it, and he's saying all kinds of crazy things. That's a really funny scene. Um, for me, those are my favorite scenes in the movie. If I really had to break it down, besides you know the whole movie being a best scene, but for me, the best scene in the movie has to be that first scene. I love. I'm a sucker for a really good montage. And the movie really sets you up early on with something really strong and a foundational element that shows you, hey, Alex Hitchens knows what he's doing. He's really good at what he does. And if you if you go along this ride with him, he's going to teach you exactly what you need to do to get the woman of your dreams. So I think that the movie paints a really good picture in that first scene, and it kind of sets tone for the rest of the movie. So for me, the best scene is is the first scene, you know, which is kind of rare. But for me, that's that's definitely the best scene. Uh, category number two. The part of the movie that takes you out of the movie, either a character or a scene. The part that definitely takes me out of that movie is the whole dinner date scene with Alex, Sarah Milos, and Sarah Milos' boss. Um, there's something kind of weird about it. Because 
throughout the movie, you know that Alex Hitchens is really, he's a smart guy. His per, his perception on things is really well. He seems to have really strong intuitions. So I guess my problem with it is the fact that he knows that Sarah Mielis works for the gossip column. And why isn't his guard more up as to what Sarah and her boss are trying to get him to say about Albert and Allegra? You know, when you really break it down a little bit more, to me, it, it kind of makes less and less sense as to why Hitch is kind of going through that. But I guess it's because he's really into Sarah. But it it is kind of weird, and it does kind of take me out of the movie just a little bit because we're, we're, we're led to believe that Alex Hitchens is a really smart character, and we, we're shown that throughout the entire movie. He's smart. He's very calculated in what he's doing. It just seems like this particular dinner, he's not completely aware of what's going on and it's kind of weird i mean it's it's a small you know gripe but that is a part that kind of like hey it's just this kind of doesn't feel like it's in the same movie uh number three is a is the stole the show award typically this is an award that i give out to a minor character that whenever they're on screen it's like all right you know this person's this person's great i'm loving everything that they have on screen and for this movie it is going to be the gay co-worker of sarah Mielis in this movie who's named jeff He's played by an uh, actor named Nathan Lee Graham, who I'm not really familiar with any other of his work besides his role here in Hitch. But he has some of the the most iconic lines in this movie, lines that I quote all the time. It's when when Alex has his first interaction with Sarah Mielis through the walkie-talkie, he gives her options of having a date on a Friday night, date on Saturday, and date on Sunday. So Sarah Mielis picks Sunday, and then Jeff, you, you know, he goes, he puts his arm like, you know, arms together, cross, and he goes... Sunday, and it's just, I don't know, there's something, the way he says it, it's its really funny, and he goes, guess you're not going to church, and it's just, I don't know, there's something about that line that's really funny, he has a couple other lines like that, where they're trying to trick Alex Hitchens later on in the movie, and he's trying to play it straight, as one of the, the cameramen says, and that's when Alex Hitchens asks him, how long have you loved her, he's like, two, two and a half years, and it's, I don't know, there's something about the way he delivers his lines that... It's it's funny, and I wish he was in the movie just a hair more, because I feel like we'd have a lot more comic relief with him in it, because he was so good in this role. So for sure, Mr. Nathan Lee Graham, whoever you are, you get the Stole the Show Award. Now, for the recasting couch, which I so aptly named the recasting couch, uh, <laughs> there's a couple of things that I would tweak in this movie just to make it a little bit more of a rewatchable for more people. Um, the first thing that I would do is I would get rid of Sarah Mielis' boss and I would change it with a different actor. Alan Arkin is a little too serious as Max, the editor of the the Standard in this movie. I think there has to be a certain level of, of seriousness, but it seems like he's playing more of a drama and not a rom-com. Like, there's not a single instant in this movie where Adam Arkin, who is the actor, seems to have any type of levity or any type of joke that he throws in there. And... I think a more perfect character actor that could play this part would be Woody Harrelson. And the reason why I think this is because there's another romantic comedy called uh, 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 Friends of Benefits. It came out in 2011 with Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis. And Woody Harrelson is in that movie. And Woody Harrelson gives you a lot of comic relief, which I think this movie, it needed a little bit more comic relief. Because it gets too serious in the second act and you need a little bit more levity in it. So I think having Woody Harrelson, who can bring you that drama that Adam Arkin did, but he can also make some jokes that Adam Arkin wasn't able to make, I think Woody Harrelson being cast as the boss would be would have been huge. It would have been really good for the movie, and it definitely would have helped the rewatch on it. A couple other recasting couch notes that I want to make here. Uh, Allegra Cole, I wish it was played by a more famous actress. 
the actress's name is Amber Valletta, who's just not very popular. I can't think of another movie that she's in other than this is this is a real deep dive. She was the the biology teacher in Max Keeble's Big Move, the Nickelodeon movie. That's how deep dive it is, guys. I'm I'm giving you the hits right now. Uh, she was in that. I don't remember anything else she's ever been in. Uh, I wish it was more of a. Fa- I, I can't even think of somebody off the top of my head, but a more famous actress maybe that could have you know played that role. She's not even that great in the role, to be honest with you. She just kind of looks the part of somebody who's kind of snobby and you know uppity that can basically be an heiress in this New York City. So I guess that's why they picked her. And the last one for a recasting couch is Casey, who is Sarah Mielis' best friend. Uh, she's just not very memorable in the movie. She's okay. She's there as like a plot device. So you have that whole story with Vance Munson. I just wish that was a bigger actress at the time as well. Um, that could have been played by a number of people. Uh, it, I just wish it would have been played by somebody a little bit more iconic today. Maybe just a little bit more iconic. Maybe as famous, if not more famous, than even Mendes, who's kind of fallen off the last 10 years. But, you know, in ter- other than that, I mean, movies well cast. I mean, you got Kevin James as Albert Brenneman might be one of the best casting choices of all time. Because Kevin James can completely make fun of himself and he kills it in that role. So, the number five category that we're going to go to is the facts on the production. This is kind of like my version of half-ass internet research. Uh, research, that was a lisp. Research. Uh, so a couple interesting things that I found in here is that uh, Cressida, which was the flashback of Hitch's girlfriend, she was supposed to be in the film a lot more, um, and I'm glad she wasn't. Uh, one thing that I'm definitely glad didn't happen, Cameron Diaz was originally considered to be cast as Sarah Mulis. That is a completely different movie, and it is a much worse movie. There is a certain sassiness that uh, Eva Mendes brings in the role that is required, and I just don't think that Cameron Diaz was, would ever be able to give that type of performance. Uh, not saying that you know Ava Mendes is the best actress for the role, but she gives a level of sassiness and, and, and strength that Cameron Diaz just wouldn't have been able to give. So that, that would have been a, a disaster, so I'm glad they didn't do that. Um, like I said earlier in the pod, Paul Patton makes her film debut in Hitch, so that's kind of interesting. She went on to marry Robin Thicke. That might be her biggest claim to fame, but she was also in 2011's Mission Impossible uh, Ghost Protocol. Where she, you know, started along with Tom Cruise and Jeremy Renner, and that was a really good film. She was really good in that. I'm not really sure what happened to her actually. She was really good in that movie, and it kind of never took off after that. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård originally had more scenes in Hitch, and he actually had scenes in Hitch. In this movie, he has no scenes in this movie at all. Uh, he plays Allegra Cole's boyfriend who winds up getting caught cheating, and he's very quickly shown in the newspaper clip. And Alexander Skarsgård obviously is, you know, a pretty famous actor. He's pretty well known. He had a couple of scenes, but they were cut out of the movie. Uh, another interesting part of the movie is the opening credits of Hitch. There's a firehouse that's actually the same one that you see in Ghostbusters. So they use the same set piece. It says Hook and Ladder 8. Uh, that's It was the same firehouse that was used in the movie Ghostbusters. So that's kind of a fun little Easter egg that they threw in there. Uh, next category, we have nitpicks. So there's always nitpicks in a rom-com. There just is. I mean, there's a ton of them. Uh, I, I had to dig a little bit deeper, and I've seen this movie so many times, I have natural gripes with it, so these are more of my natural gripes as opposed to really severe nitpicks. Uh, first nitpick is, how did Hitch not get found out any sooner? I mean, he lived in he lived in an era in 2005 in New York City where tabloids are everywhere, cell phones are just you know now predominantly getting a lot more popular, and he's his business model is kind of scandalous. He is, in, an, in, in essence... You know, messing with people's fate and with people's love life. How did they not get found out a lot sooner? You know, there has to have been 
people that have failed, you know, doing his his procedures and not been able to woo the woman of their dreams, and those people might have had gripes with it. So that's kind of a nitpick for me that he didn't get found uh, found out sooner than Sarah Mueller's finding him out. Another nitpick for me is definitely like how much is Hitch charging these guys? I mean, they show his apartment one time and it's it's posh, you know. It's a nice apartment. He's got that universal remote control that controls everything from the shutters to the music to the lights. It's a nice apartment in Manhattan and New York City. I'm not a real estate expert, especially not in New York City, but I'm told that those are in the millions of dollars. So how much is he charging these guys to basically get the woman of their dreams? It's, I think he makes mention of it sometime in the movie where he says... Uh, I'm a consultant, and he says that he basically says what he does, but then he says no one knows what I do. That's why I'm able to charge so much. So I guess my guess is it's quite a bit. You know, I mean, it, it comes to the notion of how much are you willing to pay for your own happiness. So I guess he's able to charge quite a bit, and you know, these guys, especially if they're able to get the woman of their dreams, they're willing to pay it, which is absurd because he lives in a you know posh penthouse. That's basically what it is with the elevator and everything. So it's you know that. One of my weirdest nitpicks in the movie, and I think I've, I've thought about this ever since I was like 14 years old when I first started watching Hitch. What happened to that second Sea-Doo? Okay, in the scene where Sarah and Hitch have their first date, they're both riding a Sea-Doo. Hitch's Sea-Doo sucks up a diaper, as he says, and it's dead. Um, and then he gets onto Sarah's Sea-Doo, kicks her in the face, but then they just left the Sea-Doo there. What happened to the Sea-Doo? Is it just gone? I know for a fact you'd have to pay for that CD. They just left it. You know, I, I don't. That that that's always bugged me, especially because I've ruined a CD, especially recently. I ruined a CD in June, so that that part's bugged me a little bit. Like, what the hell, man? Like, why why does he get scot free off? You know, messing up a CD, and I had to pay for it. So it's just one <laughs> just one of those things. Um, and those are pretty much the nitpicks for the movie. I mean, you can nitpick a lot of things, but I'm not going to because I love this movie so much. And the final category of the podcast is who won the movie. This is where I go through and I said, who won this movie? Who was the most, you know, maybe commercially successful from this movie? Who did the most with this movie? Who took this movie and basically turned it into the most things? This is a race between Will Smith and Kevin James. After this, Kevin James did quite a bit. Uh, this is kind of America's, or, you know, the world's, you know, introduction to Kevin James. He did a lot more stuff with Adam Sandler, which kind of hurt his career a little bit because he was great in this movie. But, I mean, let's just be real. The movie's called Hitch. Will Smith plays the title character Hitch. This is Will Smith's movie. This might be Will Smith's greatest movie. It's between this, The Pursuit of Happiness, uh, I Am Legend. It's not a very long list, but I think this to me is is the most important movie that he's done besides Pursuit of Happiness. Uh, he just He's doing a lot here. He's the center point of the movie. He carries the movie through all of it. There's never been a movie that Will Smith has done where he can be himself and it completely works in a movie. So 100% Will Smith wins this movie, and you know it, I guess deservedly so because he is Hitch. The movie's called Hitch, so yeah, it's you know it's it's his movie. All right, guys, uh, that's another Camcast movie talk for you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts on Hitch. I could probably go on and on about Hitch, but I'm not going to try to make the episode too long. Uh, if you guys like what you heard here, please subscribe to the podcast, share this episode. If you know a lot of people that like to listen to romantic comedy podcasts or anything like that, I guess, is that a thing, romantic comedy podcast? I don't really think it is. Forget I said that. Um, if, you know, if people want to listen to movie podcasts and stuff like that, go ahead and share it. Share it on uh, your social medias. Uh, again, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. And, of course, my home base station where everything goes for me is my anchor. 
and that's cam.cast for the Instagram. Uh, again, you guys, I want to thank everyone for supporting the channel, for, for you know, soaking up the content. Um, I'm loving what I'm doing. I'm hoping we can do a lot more pretty soon. And be on the lookout for this weekend's episode. Oh, I have an episode in, uh, in between there. We're going to get a Kobe Bryant episode, more likely or not, this weekend. That's the plan as of right now with my good buddy Pre. And that's uh, there might be some tears shed on that episode. I'm not even going to bullshit you guys. Uh, but as always, you guys, peace and love. Thanks again. Bye.